So, Sandra, first of all, yes. tell me what it was like when you landed in Balmagar. Look, when I was flying down, the terrain below me, it started to change and it became green. And I'm thinking, there's nothing down there but a bunch of trees and you could see maybe pockets of water. And when we came down to land and it was like this strip in the middle of nowhere, I was so excited. I did not stop smiling. That's Kiwi nurse Sandra McMullen talking about arriving in the northern tip of Australia for her first stint as a contract nurse. She is one of thousands of New Zealand-based nurses who've signed up in the last year to work across the ditch. They're leaving for more money and better conditions, and because their dollar goes much further in Oz. But it's really tough on our health system. We've got these huge waits for elective surgery. We've got really long waits in our emergency departments at the moment. And we've got this thing called access block where people are sort of stuck in hospital because they can't get surgery. And then emergency department patients can't get in um, to a ward and then the EDs get clogged up. And a lot of people will tell you that one of the key reasons is the shortage of nurses. I'm Sharon Brett Kelly, and today on The Detail, I talk to two nurses with two very different experiences of working in Australia and what it would take to bring them and others home. I trained in New Zealand to look after New Zealanders, you know, and sometimes I do feel bad being here that I'm like, I should be serving my community. More from Nikki Campbell in Melbourne, but let's get back up to the other end of Australia on Cape York Peninsula. Sandra, a lot was at stake for you. I mean, you'd packed up your life, you'd, you'd packed up your lovely home near a Portiki, yeah. put your job on hold, left behind yeah. your children, your teenage son and, yes. and your two other yes. boys. Quite, and the dog. And the dog. It could have been disastrous? No, it was never going to be disastrous. You know, if it didn't work, I would have struggled to finish, you know, it would have been like, okay, just finish your contract and at least you gave it a go and maybe it wasn't for you. What would be the failure is not trying it in the first place. So you've been a nurse for a number of decades. Why did you decide you wanted to do this? I'd been in Apotiki for uh, 26 years and loved it. So the, so the kids were brought up there. They had an amazing um, grounding. It's a very cool community. And the boys have left. It was just a time where I was thinking, you know, um, things hadn't gone quite so as I'd expected. And the wonderful thing with nursing, where a lot of us might say, oh God, who'd be a nurse, or it's really hard nursing. Yeah, it is. Yes, it doesn't really make a whole lot of money for in comparison to other jobs of the responsibility of nursing. But what it does do is you can travel the world. And I I guess, to be honest, I was getting a little bit tired of our New Zealand um, health system and not coming home happy and buzzing. Mm. Can you talk about that? Um, because I know that you have to go back to it. You are planning to go back to it. but Yeah, there's so many changes, but there's also not enough changes. You know, I've because I've been nursing now uh, 35 years, um, we've gone through amazing changes. And some of them haven't been so great. I think doctors and nurses have been left behind in the changes or um, not quite 
put into the equation uh, with the value that they really uh, should be uh, receiving. So you've been working for a long time as a primary care nurse working in the community in Apportiki. Yeah, but still a part of the DHB. Well, I would say that you'd be in hot demand anywhere in the world. So why choose Australia and why choose this kind of contract work? I chose Australia because, A, it was close by, so I could get back to my boys. So I have two boys left in New Zealand, so I was still close to to them if I needed to get back. Dad, well, he's ageing, so, um, you know, it's just close. Although if I ended up in Timbuktu, which kind of I have, it's still... It's still a good 24 to 48 hours to get home. 20, yeah, 24 to 48 hours. Is that right? <laughs> it's quite a way. And then that depends on the weather. And then that depends on if they can find a pilot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and definitely I knew that there was a ton of work over there. But it took me a year, Sharon, to do all the paperwork because I'm slow on the computer. And it, the big thing was so long as I didn't go backwards And I also think that I was in a lucky position where I've got my own home so I could rent it, which means whatever I made in Australia, it wasn't to pay bills back home. That was all going to be covered. My big thing was I wanted the experience. I want, and I didn't ever want Sydney or or the Gold Coast. My um, dream was to be in the Indigenous areas, to be more rural, to be a part of a smaller community. So what exactly is your job there? I'm a registered nurse and I'm doing wound care. So that would be my job. But, you know, I I would go in as a registered nurse and they would find appropriate work for me. You know, there's like, there's, there's hundreds of jobs every month that are going out on many agencies' sites. And some of them... Um, some of the agencies, they have the same jobs that they're advertising for. So you just you just say, oh, I'm interested in this or that or the other thing. And then your agency puts forth your uh, CV with all the experience you have to the hospital and they go, yep, we want that person and, and she'll be right for the ward nurse or ED or ICU or maternity. Anyway, so the sort of work I'm doing is I have my own clinic. It's within the hospital. It's not getting out into the homes, much like I was doing back here with the clinic and getting out into the homes. The wounds are incredible. It's a full-time job. It's probably more than 48 hours a week. The products here, they're supplied very, very well with products. Everything that you, you know, pretty much everything that's, that, that I'm used to back in New Zealand, plus a few things more, a few little extras. Really well set up clinics, beautifully set up clinics. What kind of wounds are you treating? Ulcers, the majority are um, chronic ulcers, uh, diabetic. There's a lot of diabetes there, so a lot of diabetic ulcers. Uh, not so many post-surgical wounds. They tend to fly out to Ken's and have whatever treatment done there, and then they recoup, do a lot of their recuperation in Ken's before they come back home. So um, what I would be doing here mainly would be chronic um, leg ulcers would be a big thing. You, you do a stint there, and then... That stint might end, what, in a few weeks and you'll go somewhere else? Yeah, that's absolutely the risk you take. So, um, And that those positions don't come up too often. So um, when I go back um, in a couple of weeks, it'll be my third stint there. And I've had another stint of wound care in a cool place that was Roma, completely different to Bamaga. And it was sort of central Queensland and, and, and dry cattle territory. 
people are nurses because they want to care for people and if they don't feel like they can do that safely the moral distress becomes really high and it becomes impossible to do your job because you feel like you're giving less than adequate care and that's really difficult to live with and that's you know part of why I left my last job even here was because I didn't feel like I could safely care for my patients and it's very hard to reconcile with that feeling you know that's probably the core of it but there's much broader societal things as well you know cost of living is much higher in New Zealand or it's very expensive to live with Auckland the Auckland property market's very expensive Nikki Campbell's lived and worked in Australia for eight years, mostly as an intensive care and palliative care nurse. She's bought a house with her husband, is pregnant with their first child, and is working in a job she thinks she was made for. But it's not just that the money's better. For me, the health system in Australia offers a lot and you know I had to undergo fertility treatment and fertility treatment is much more accessible here in terms of actually being able to access it and also financially accessible those are some of the gaps that we have in New Zealand one of the really big differences is the maternity leave I work in the private at the moment I get 10 weeks maternity leave for my employer in addition to the 20 weeks that I get from the government so that'll be 30 weeks and our maternity leave here is going up two weeks a year until it reaches 26 40 weeks 40 weeks gosh what do you get in New Zealand um 26 total and tell me about your job Nikki you did you say you're at a private hospital yeah so I work at a not-for-profit private hospital I'm an endometriosis nurse coordinator, so that's a clinical nurse consultant role, which is the equivalent of a nurse specialist role in New Zealand. It's sort of the highest level you can work at autonomously before coming becoming a nurse practitioner. And this is actually a philanthropically funded role, and so they've established an endometriosis-specific centre. So... The reason that's so special is because that role doesn't exist anywhere else. Mm. <laughs> and then I've got personal experience with endometriosis, um, chronic pain and infertility, which set me up as well for this role. And I, I don't know if you've heard any, you know, if you've got any friends who still work in the public health system and in the hospitals. I just want to get an idea of what the conditions are like there. You know, I was always quite lucky working in ICU that we've got very closely protected patient ratios. So we always did one-to-one nursing for ICU patients and one-to-two for HDU. And that's the same in New Zealand. Um, So ICU nurses are, you know, very fortunate in that regard. But the mandatory ratios in Australia are actually embedded into their version of the MECA, which is called the award here. The MECA, that's the Nurses Collective Agreement. So in the award, they'll have specific ratios based on the clinical specialty that they're working in. So in paediatrics, they never have more than four patients. And in more high acuity areas, they wouldn't have more than four patients per nurse. And I was trying to confirm with a friend today whether that's the case in New Zealand and couldn't confirm, but my understanding is that that can range anywhere between six to eight patients on a day shift and over 14 on a night shift. So I think that's one of the key differences is the 
the workload. A lot of my friends from uni have ended up working here either permanently or at some point in their careers. And the last time we discussed it, they said, you know, it's not even the money that would prevent them from going back at this point because the money is so much better than what it was. It's it's the workload, the heaviness of um, the patient load and not having that protected ratio. And is that because there is such a dire shortage of nurses here at the moment? I think it might be, and I think because it's not been mandated in the Mecca, they've not been able to kind of adhere to that. And the, the problem that we're seeing here at the moment is we're starting to get more of staffing issues here, but that's been in relation to the pandemic is that so many nurses have left the profession from having worked through the pandemic. Because they're and burnt out. And I know out. that in New Zealand, yeah, they're burnt out. They've, they've worked so hard, they're, you know, sick of being in PPE day in and day out. But I know that in New Zealand they rely so heavily on international nurses to staff um, the public sector and they didn't have the borders open for so long. They've not been able to recruit in that same way. Will you ever come back to New Zealand? Oh, that's a hard one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping that I'll end up as a nurse practitioner, and I think the nurse practitioner role, when it's valued appropriately, um, it is well remunerated in New Zealand, which is good. They just need to expand the scope. So that could be an option. You you never know. It depends on so many things. It depends on your family life. It depends on what supports you have, what supports your family are needing. It's it's impossible to say. Well, we know that New Zealand attracts plenty of nurses from overseas, but not a lot of Australians. In fact, fewer than 200 since last August. Compare that with the nearly 5,000 Kiwis who are registered to work in Oz. That was a surprise to Rowan Quinn, RNZ's health correspondent. We kept hearing anecdotally that nurses were going over there. And I thought, oh, how, I wonder if we can find out how many are there. And so I rang this registration board because basically it's really easy for New Zealand nurses to work in Australia uh, and vice versa. They just have to go through this process. It's a trans-Tasman agreement, register with a body over there. And so I asked that body how many Kiwi nurses had registered since August. And yeah, they said 5,000. It doesn't, there are limitations because it doesn't tell us whether they've gone on to actually work there. So all it is is they've done the work to get the registration to be able to work there. Quite a lot has been made of a recent pay rise for nurses. And I guess you wonder if that's going to be enough to keep nurses here. Yeah, and it's interesting because my understanding is that in a lot of roles, now that there's been there's been an increase recently for uh, former DHB nurses, hospital nurses, and nurses working in that sort of public system, that they've had an increase in pay. That it's actually not too different to Australia. It's brought us a lot closer now. But what is happening in Australia? Because it's such a much bigger country, and they've got the same shortages that the whole world has got. There's this worldwide um, nursing shortages in place at the moment. They can offer these short-term contracts. So what's happening is nurses are going over for between 
four weeks or 18 months on these short-term contracts. And because it's a contract, the rates are much higher. So I spoke to one recruiter who said the highest rate that they can get is eight and a half thousand New Zealand dollars a week. Now that would be for someone who's very senior, very specialised. Uh, they might be in a very rural part of Australia, so it's a bit more of an effort to be there. Um, but if you wanted a little quick hit to your income, um, the union says you know they can really boost their household's budget, that they can go over there for a short period of time, um, make more money than they would here. A lot of their expenses are covered in some of these jobs, so they can almost save everything they're earning. And they'll leave their kids, their families behind, do that for a few weeks, come back to New Zealand for a few weeks, and then do it again. It seems it's not just about the money. No, they talk about the conditions here and about how, you know, anyone who's followed the health situation in New Zealand knows that we are really short-staffed when it comes to nurses and we often hear about um, wards that can't be opened because there aren't enough nurses. We hear of um, emergency departments where, you know, only half the nurses for that shift are there because they've got some existing vacancies plus a couple of people get sick. That was really a problem in winter when people had flu and COVID and things like that. So all that increases the pressure on the existing nurses and we hear quite often that they're burnt out and the same with primary care nurses as well. That's the nurses who are working in GP clinics and community clinics mm. and that I spoke to one when I did this story about the 5,000 nurses uh, leaving and on her last day she was meant to knock off at lunchtime and she was off overseas and she was still working at 5.30 because she really cared about her patients and there was only one junior nurse on bored and she didn't want to leave her in the lurch but she talked about just feeling really burnt out. Although that's not unique to New Zealand. You know, you can read Australian newspapers about emergency departments in Melbourne and Sydney and you'll see really similar issues about how they're really stretched. The NHS in the UK mm. same thing, you know, mm. it's really not just a New Zealand story. So what, what do nurses want? They want to feel safe in their jobs they worry about harm being done to patients because they're so overworked and they're looking after more patients than they ordinarily would. They're racing, especially this is in emergency departments and wards, racing here, there and everywhere and they're worried about that. They say that they go home and they feel stressed out about their days and what's to come tomorrow mm. and they want to be paid well. Right, and what kind of response are they getting? Well, when it comes to the pay part... Hospital nurses have recently had a, a big bump in pay. They are before the courts on an issue of back pay. The um, primary care nurses, those who work in GP clinics, they don't get paid as much as nurses who work in hospitals. And so there's actually an ongoing dispute about that at the moment. And the government recently bumped up the pay for a lot of community nurses, like those who work in rest homes, um, but they didn't do it for GP nurses. So some of those nurses that are going to Australia are GP nurses who actually work quite hard and were a really big part of the COVID response because they were doing all the COVID testing, they were doing all the COVID immunising and they feel a bit betrayed that they're not valued in the same way that hospital nurses are valued. Is there any suggestion that conditions or pay will get any better than they currently are? 
Tefatu Ora and the government say that they're trying all the time. Um, they have had got recruitment campaigns in place. They are looking to make it easier for international nurses to come here. And they recently uh, made it easier for international nurses to get residency. So initially they had this green list visa and the fastest track was you could come here and get almost instant residency. And for, for professions that the country we need people for, but nurses were left off and that was a really contentious point. They've now been included on that, so they're hoping that that will have a bit of a bump. So far, not many nurses have come in on that, but the government's saying, well, it takes time for people to make these big life decisions and decide to come here. So Mm. I guess we'll we'll wait and see. I mean, it is interesting, this whole thing of it's better in Australia, there's better conditions, better pay, life is easier, it's cheaper. But actually, just in the last half hour, I've heard anecdotally of two cases of New Zealand nurses who haven't had such a great experience. The hospital was run down. You know, the way of working was outdated. It's not perfect. No, and you do hear those stories that the grass isn't always greener. And I guess that's the thing that nurses are weighing up when they're making that decision. Is it uh, just as full on over there? Or is it worth it to go over there and if you are in the position where you can get paid a lot of money, do you put up with that for a little while? But it's the same, some of the same challenges here certainly exist over there. The thing that makes me sad is that like I trained in New Zealand to look after New Zealanders, (laughs) you know, and sometimes I do feel bad being here that I'm like, I should be serving my community but because now I feel very strongly that I can serve people with endometriosis, I can do that really well here. So that does make me feel better. But I'll say one thing about the New Zealand health system, and, and this might be contentious to people living in New Zealand, but as someone who is outside of New Zealand, we are so much um, more culturally sensitive in New Zealand and we've got such better practices for looking after you know, Indigenous people there, Maori and Pacific Island people, whereas here in Australia that's something we don't do well at all. That's it's not embedded into our practice the way that it is in New Zealand. You can go there on a mission to make money and come home. Fine. There's nothing the matter with that at all. New Zealand's not doing it for you, and so New Zealand needs to wake up about that. And, like... Here's another thing. A lot of the nurses are really interested in New Zealand and would love to come to New Zealand. And they've said, is there any agency nursing over there? And it's like, no. In and out, like what, in the same way that we go across to Australia, back and forth and back and forth, there's there's not that same sort of reciprocal um, business going on, I don't think. And even if there was, I don't know what your mon- their money would be worth, what the financial gain for them would be, because we get to have the experience of Australia plus there is a financial gain. Because I'll go across, they pay for me to go across. You have your base place in Australia. After every contract, they pay for you to they pay for all your transport to your location that they send you to. And that can be some of it is a day's travel for me. And they pay for your accommodation. Well, New Zealand's not going to do that. What do you feel New Zealand needs to do, the New Zealand system needs to do, to make sure nurses like you come back, you, you do a bit of a stint overseas, but you come back. 
to you would have to bump that money up so that they because once you have a taste of having a higher income, it's really hard um, to not extend by a year and a year and a year and a year and then come back retired. It would, I can only think that it would be the money as far as the bureaucracy of it. That's another thing is if you're doing agency nursing, you don't have to hang around long enough to be sucked in or brought down by the bureaucracy going on in every work environment that there must be around the world. You can just skip in and be that happy face and, you know, wave your magic wand and do some good and then leave. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. This episode was engineered by Phil Bench and produced by Sarah Robson. Thanks to Sandra McMullen, Nikki Campbell and Rowan Quinn. Mā te wā.